Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Ass Butts. My name's Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 5, called Bedtime Stories. Uh, we start out in Maple Springs, New York, at nighttime. Um, uh, we're in a neighborhood that's still being built. There's three guys, I think like construction worker guys, talking about brick colors. <laughs> <laughs> One of them says, you're the brick guy, I'm the wood guy. That's the way it's always been. All I've asked is for someone to pick the color of the bricks. Uh, they hear a rumbling sound. One of them says, hey, what was that? Another one says, I don't know, a dog maybe. The third guy says, okay, we got a crew coming in the morning. Look at this wood, huh? Look at it. It's crap. Where'd you order it from? Uh, one of the guys says, same place as always. And the other guy says, should have used cinder block like I wanted. <laughs> one of the dudes says, here we go again. You are not in charge. You are a bunch of girls. Look, <laughs> it comes down to this. One goes to win and the whole place is going to blow over. Did you hear that? He goes to investigate the sound, but doesn't find anything. Uh, he snorts to himself in amusement. <laughs> Sounds vaguely swine-like. Yes, yes. Um, uh, one of the other dudes goes to warm up the truck, but he gets attacked by something that we can't see. Then the second dude gets attacked. There's a lot of blood splattering around. The third guy hides behind some cinder blocks, but eventually he gets attacked too. Uh, and we get our opening title sequence. So we see a giant toad on a wet road. <laughs> I like that sentence. No. <laughs> I rhymed. <laughs> hey. I'm a poet. I didn't know it. <laughs> but I'm okay. If I had a drum set and I knew how to play the drums, right, I right. would totally back you up with that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, then baby comes along. Sam and Dean are in the car. Sam is saying, I don't understand, Dean. Why not? Dean says, because I said so. Sam says, we got the cult now. We can summon the crossroads demon, pull the gun on her, and force her to let you out of the deal. Dean says, we don't even know if that'll work. Sam says, we'll just shoot her. If she dies, the deal goes away. Dean yells, we don't know if that'll work either. All you're pitching me is a bunch of ifs and maybes, and that's not good enough. Because if we screw this deal, you die. If we screw with this deal, you die. (laughs) (laughs) Pain of death. We're never going to get over that. Also, there's plenty of episodes where we just can't, you know. No, we're going to, that pain of death is going to show itself again. (laughs) (laughs) That that was pretty gross, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Or not. Yeah. I mean. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, So Sam says, if we don't screw with it, you die. Dean says, Sam, enough. I'm not going to have this conversation. Sam says, why? Because you said so? Dean says, yes, because I said so. (laughs) Sam says, well, you're not dad. Dean says, no, but I am the oldest and I'm doing what's best. You got to let this go. You understand me? They have a long, tense silence. And then Dean says, tell me about the psychotic killer. Come on, Sam. Tell me about the psychotic killer. (laughs) Sam picks up a newspaper and reads, psychotic killer rips victims apart with brute-like ferocity. 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 I said it right? Yeah. Didn't sound right to me. Okay. Ferocity. <laughs> Dean, I mean, how, would you, how else would you say it? Ferocity? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> okay. Dean says, okay, any mention of his razor sharp teeth or his four inch claws? Animal eyes? Sam says, no, the lunar cycle's right. Look, if it is a werewolf, we don't have long. Moon's full this Friday, and that's the last time it changes for a month. 
Dean says, two days, no sweat. So we cut to Sam and Dean in a hospital. They're dressed up in suits and say they are detectives Plant and Page. Then we see that they're talking to the third construction worker from the beginning of the episode. He didn't die. His name is Kyle. He says, I've been expecting you. Dean says, you have? Kyle says, yeah, all morning. You're the sketch artist, right? (laughs) Dean says, absolutely. Yep, that is exactly who my partner is. Is (laughs) The the things he can do with a pen. (laughs) Uh, But listen, before we get started on that, I wanted to ask you, how did you get away? Kyle says, I have no idea. I was hiding and he found me. He was coming right for me and then he just stopped. Stared at me with his blank look. After that, he just took off running. Sam says, okay, um, I'm going to need as much physical detail as you can remember. Then he takes a notebook and pen out of his pocket. Kyle says, he was about six feet tall, dark hair. Sam says, "Um, what about his eyes? What color eyes did he have? Kyle says, maybe blue. It was dark. Dean says, did they seem um, animal-ish? Kyle says, excuse me? Sam says, what about his teeth? You notice anything strange about them? Kyle says, no, they were just teeth. Dean says, what about his fingernails? Kyle says, okay, look, he's just a normal guy with normal eyes and teeth and fingernails. Sam says, look, sir, it's okay. But Kyle says, no, those are my brothers. This guy, he killed my brothers. How would you feel? Sam says, I can't imagine anything worse. Dean says, I know this isn't easy, but if you could remember any details. Kyle says, there was one more thing. He had a tattoo on his arm of a cartoon character. It's the guy who's chasing the roadrunner. Dean says, Wiley Coyote? Kyle says, yeah, that's it. Then a doctor comes in the room. His name is Dr. Garrison. Dean asks him if he can ask a few questions regarding the case. He agrees, so Dean and the doctor leave the room. Kyle points to Sam's notebook and says, don't I get to see it? Sam says, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a work in progress. <laughs> Sam shows it to him, and it looks like a little kid's drawing. <laughs> like a little stick figure, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> like, hey, I'm a sketch artist. Yeah. Look at this. It could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean walking down the street. Dean is looking at Sam's sketch and says, boy, this is a piece of art, really. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, like you could have done any better. So what did the doc have to say about Kyle's brothers? Dean says, not much. They were DOA at the scene. He did give me the lowdown on the coroner's report. Sam says, let me guess. Their hearts were missing. Dean says, nope, but chunks of their kidneys, lungs, and intestines. Mm. Sam says, that's just gross. (laughs) Dean says, yeah, also definitely not werewolf behavior. Sam says, so what, demon? Attacker could have been possessed. Dean says, why would a demon stop halfway through an attack? Sam says, I got nothing. Dean says, me neither. So we cut to the middle of the woods. There's a guy named Ken and a girl named Julie hiking. Ken says, okay, I'm starving. Wait, where are all the power bars? Julie says, you ate them all. And we're lost. (laughs) She's pissed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ken Ken says, we're not. The path is right here. They walk into a clearing and see a house. So they walk up to it. A little old lady comes out of the front door and says, are you two doing okay? They say they're lost, and she says, oh, it happens. The trail gets twisty, and my house is the only one left up here. I could point you in the right direction, but I'm afraid it'll take a while to get back. You're really deep into the woods. Julie says, nice work, Ken. (laughs) Ken has noticed a pie cooling down in a window, and he stares at it longingly. 
The woman notices and asks them if they'd like to come in and rest for a bit. Ken says, uh, yeah. But Julie says, thanks, but we should head back. Ken says, come on, honey. She offered. She's a harmless old lady. What could happen? Famous last words. I know. (laughs) So they all go inside. We cut to Ken finishing up some pie. The old lady offers some more, but he says he's full. Julie's like, okay, let's go. But then Ken, Ken, I keep calling him Ken. (laughs) But then Ken. Then Ken stands up and falls over, grunting in pain. Then Julie starts having stomach pain and her vision goes blurry. She says, what's going on? Did she drug us? The old lady smiles and looks very pleased with herself. She grabs a knife and walks over to them. Julie says, stop, please stop. But the old lady says, don't worry, everything's fine. You just hold still now, dear. Then she swings a knife at Ken, and we see his blood splatter all over Julie. That old lady is, like, super sketchy and super stabby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she is super stabby. The old lady keeps stabbing, and the camera pans away, and we see a young girl in a white dress watching through a window. So we cut to Sam and Dean in the hospital. Um, Sam, I think that's the Sam. <laughs> Oh, still. Okay, we, we cut to Sam and Dean in the hospital, still dressed in suits. Some real cops walk by, so Sam and Dean try to look inconspicuous. <laughs> the cops don't notice them, so they proceed to Julie's room. The doctor is there saying that she needs to stay put until the drugs are out of her system. She says, I have to go. I have things to do, arrangements to make. But the doctor says, it can wait. Now you need to rest. Stay, please. He turns to leave and says to Sam and Dean, Detectives, what the hell is going on here? My whole town's gone insane. Sam says, We'll let you know as soon as we do. Dr. Garrison leaves, and Sam and Dean approach Julie and say they need to ask a few questions. Julie says, Do we have to go over this again now? Sam says, We'll try to be brief. Can you tell us how you got away? She says, I didn't eat as much as Ken did, so I wasn't as out of it. And when the old woman was carving up Ken, I shoved her. She fell, cracking her head on the stove. She's dead, right? I killed her? Dean says, do you have any idea why she did this to you? Julie says, no. One minute, she's just a sweet old lady, and the next, she was a monster. Sam asks, can you remember anything else? Julie says, um, yeah. Did you find a little girl there by any chance? I thought I saw her outside the window. She just disappeared, just vanished into thin air. It must have been the drugs. Dean (sighs) says, this disappearing girl, what did she look like? She says, doesn't matter. Sam says, yes, every detail matters. Julie says, she had this dark, dark hair and really pale skin. She was around eight. She was a beautiful child. It was odd to see her in the middle of something so horrible. So we cut to Sam and Dean uh, investigating the old woman's house. Dean says, well, there's no sulfur anywhere. How about the EMF? Sam says, yeah, it's going nuts. When I went over here by the window, there was definitely a spirit here. Dean says, who stood outside a crime scene and watched? Sam says, looks like. Dean says, what the hell do you make of that? Sam says, actually, I do have a theory, sort of. Well, I've been thinking about fairy tales. <laughs> Dean says, oh, that's that's nice. You think about fairy tales often? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Sam says, no, Dean, I'm talking about the murders. A guy and a girl hiking through the woods. An old lady tries to eat them. That's Hansel and Gretel. Then we got the three brothers arguing over how to build houses, attacked by the big bad wolf. Dean says, three little pigs. Actually, those guys were a little chubby. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Wait, I thought all those things ended with everyone living happily ever after. 
Sam says, no, not the originals. See, the Grimm Brothers stuff was kind of the folklore of its day, full of sex, violence, cannibalism. Then it got sanitized over the years, turned into Disney flicks and bedtime stories. <laughs> Dean says, so you think the murders are what, a reenactment? It's a little crazy. Sam says, as crazy as what, every day of our lives? Dean says, touche. How's the creepy ghost girl involved? Sam says, she must have been here for a reason. I'm willing to bet you top dollar that she was at the construction site, too. Dean says, we got to do research now, don't we? And he is not happy. So we cut to Dean walking out of a building and meeting Sam. Dean says, I checked every record they have, found the usual amount of violent childhood deaths for a town this size. Do you want to know... Um, do you want to know how many were little girls? There we go. I just <laughs> forgot a bunch of words. Do you want to know how many were little girls with black hair and pale skin? Zero. Do you want to know how many little girls with black hair and pale skin have gone missing? Right again. Zip, zilch, nada. Tell me you got something good because I've just totally wasted the last six hours. <laughs> Sam says, you ever hear of Lillian Bailey? She was a British medium from the 1930s. Dean says, she got a thing for fairy tales? <laughs> Sam says, no, trances. See, she'd go into these unconscious states where, get this, her thoughts and actions were completely controlled by spirits. Dean says, a ghost puppet master. You think that's what this kid is doing? Sending wolf boy and grandma into trances and making them go kill crazy? Sam says, could be, you know, kind of like a spirit hypnosis or something. Dean says, trances I get, but fairy tale trances? That's bizarre, even for us. <laughs> then they come across the giant toad from the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, you're right. That's completely normal. Dean says, all right, maybe it is fairy tales. Totally <laughs> messed up fairy tales. I tell you one thing, there's no way I'm kissing a damn frog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toad, thank I, you. <laughs> I would never, ever kiss no, a frog or a toad. terrible. Ugh. Like, listen, I, you know, the risk of salmonella... Uh, you know, yeah. and just like the slime, I couldn't. I just gave myself okay. a neck ache making that barfing noise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I did. <laughs> Tweak your neck. <sighs> yeah, no, I, you know, I don't think there's any situation in which I would be okay with kissing an amphibian of any variety. Yeah. Like, mmm. Nope. No. Nope. nope, nope. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> so Sam notices a house nearby with a pumpkin on its porch. He points and says, hey, check it out. Dean says, yeah, it's close to Halloween. Sam says, you remember Cinderella, the pumpkin that turned into a coach and the mice that became horses? Um, we cut to Sam and Dean breaking into the pumpkin house. <laughs> the pumpkin house. <laughs> the house with a pumpkin on its porch. Dean says, oh, who knows? Maybe you'll find your fairy godmother. They hear a rattling sound, so they get out their guns. They hear a woman yelling, help, I'm in here. They find a young blonde woman handcuffed to the oven. Sam says, hey, hi, it's okay, we're here, we've got you. The girl says, you have to help me. She's a lunatic. My stepmom, she just freaked out, screamed at me, beat me, chained me up. Sam says, where is she now? But then Sam and Dean see the pale little girl watching them. She runs away, so Dean follows her while Sam lockpicks the handcuffs. Dean finally finds her, and he says, who are you? But then she ghost flickers away. On the floor where she was standing is a red apple. So we cut to Sam and Dean on the street some time later. Sam says, paramedics picked up Cinderella. Dean says, that's good. So, little girl, shiny red apple. I guess this means something to you, fairy boy? <laughs> Sam says, I think it's Snow White. 
Dean says, oh, I saw that movie. Oh, the porn, the porn version anyway. Jeez. <laughs> there was this wicked stepmother. She was wicked. Ew. <laughs> Sam says, there is a wicked stepmother, and she tries to kill Snow White with a poison apple. Dean says, but the apple doesn't actually kill the girl, right? Sam says, no, it puts her in a deep sleep. So deep, it's almost like she's dead. So we cut to Sam and Dean back at the hospital talking to a nurse. The nurse says, no, sorry, we don't have any comatose little girls. It's mostly old guys and Callie. <laughs> She's been around since before I started here. It's so sad. Poor Dr. Garrison. He won't give up on her. Sam asks, was Callie one of his patients? She says, no, his daughter, which is the saddest thing ever. Mm-hmm. We cut to Dr. Garrison in Callie's room, reading to her from a Grimm's fairy tale book. Uh, he reads, just press the latch, called out the great-grandmother. I'm too weak to get up. The wolf pressed the latch and the door opened. He stepped inside, went straight to the grandmother, and ate her up. So we cut to an older woman uh, walking out of a grocery store carrying some shopping bags. She gets to her van and struggles with the key. So a young man comes up and grabs her shopping bag just as she's dropping it. She says, thank you so much. He puts the bag in the car and then tosses Granny inside and attacks her. As he's punching her, we see a wolf tattoo on his arm. Outside the van, the spirit girl is watching. The guy gets in the driver's seat of the van and drives away with Granny still in the back. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking into Callie's room. Dr. Garrison is still reading to her. We see that Callie is very pale with dark hair, but she's in her late teens or early 20s now. Dr. Garrison says, Detectives, can I help you? Dean says, We've just heard that Callie is your daughter. Sam says, and we wanted to say how very sorry we are. The doctor says, thank you, and starts to walk away, but they go with him. Dean asks, how long has Callie been like that? Sam says, we don't mean to intrude. We can't possibly understand how hard it must be for you seeing her like that. Dr. Garrison says, yeah, it's not easy. She's been here since she was eight years old. Sam says, that's when she was poisoned? The doctor says, yeah, she swallowed bleach. Never figured out how she got her hands on the bottle. My wife found her, brought her to the ER here, and I was on call. Dean says, your wife, was that Callie's stepmother? Dr. Garrison says, actually, yes. How'd you know that? <laughs> Dean says, lucky guess. The doctor says, well, Julie was the only mother that Callie ever knew. My wife passed away last year, and it's just my daughter and me now. She's all I've got left. Excuse me, I gotta get back to work. And he walks away. Dean says to Sam, well, you're right. It's Snow White in spades. Sam says, yep. Stepmom poisons the girl, puts her into a deep sleep. What's the motive, you think? Dean said, it could be like Misha Barton. Sixth Sense, not the OC. Which, I never watched the OC. Did you watch the OC? Mm-mm. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely but have heard I, of it. But I haven't watched it, no. Sam says, what? And Dean says, hey, you know, fairy tales. I know movies. She played the pasty ghost. Remember the mom had that thing where you keep the kids sick so you get all the attention? Sam says, oh, yeah. Muncha, I can't say this word. Munchausen syndrome. Munchausen? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Could be. Dean says, so say all these years, Callie's been suffering silently because nobody knows the truth about what Mommy Dearest did. Sam says, and after all this time, her spirit just gets another, her spirit just gets angrier and angrier until it finally just starts lashing out. Dean says, meanwhile, she has to listen to dad tell her deranged stories about a rabid wolf (laughs) or a cannibalistic old lady. It's enough to drive anybody nuts. I mean, I wouldn't want to listen to that. I wouldn't want to listen to that either. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is (laughs) if that's all you're listening to is these like 
creepy stories, Mm -hmm. that would just, like, screw with you eventually. Like, not even getting the same type of stories over and over again, but, like, just what... Like, it could be the same, you know, Disney fairy tales over and over again, Mm -hmm. but, like, the fact that they're so off, like, you're... You would start to kind of think that way if that's all your... Yeah, you you totally would. Yeah. Um, Sam says, okay, but how are we going to stop her? Callie is stuck here. Her father's keeping her body alive. Dean says, that does make it a bit hard to burn the bones. (laughs) Sam says, you think? (laughs) Just then, some EMTs come in with the granny who got wolf attacked uh, on a stretcher. A doctor says, what's the status? And an EMT says, 72-year-old female sustained multiple lacerations and puncture wounds. BP is 80 over 40 and falling. Sinus tachycardia. The doctor asks, is that a bite? The EMT says, looks like she was mauled by a mad dog or maybe a wolf. Dean says to Sam, what was that last story Dr. Garrison was reading, Callie? Sam says, Little Red Riding Hood. So Sam and Dean watch as the doctor pulls a sheet over Granny's dead body. They pull out their badges and talk to the EMT. Sam says, was she the only victim? The EMT says, yeah, she was found by the side of the road, barely alive, alone. Dean says, we need to find her next of kin. The EMT says she has a granddaughter, and he gives the boys an address. Dean says to Sam, you find a way to stop Callie, all right? I'm going to go stop the big bad wolf, which is the weirdest thing I've ever said. So we cut to a young girl getting out of school. She's wearing a red coat with a hood on her head. Um, She sees her grandmother's van waiting for her, so she gets inside and says, hey, grandma. Then she sees the driver is the wolf man and gasps. The dude locks all the doors before she can get out. Like, the kid is clearly not very observant, because if you were to, like, look in the driver's seat as you, even if you opened the car door, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, for me, every time I've gotten into a car, not on purpose, because I'm, like, paranoid or anything, but every time I get into a car, I notice who's driving it, you Yeah, know? totally. Like, how do you not, I don't know. Oblivious, I guess. Totally oblivious. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Sam, still at the hospital. He finds Dr. Garrison and tells him he needs to talk to him. Sam says, it's about Callie. The doctor's like, my daughter? What about her? Sam says, maybe, could we sit down for a minute? The doctor says, no, what about her? Sam says, okay, well, all right, doctor, this isn't going to be easy. What happened to Callie wasn't an accident. I'm sorry, but it's true. The doctor says, you have no idea what happened to my daughter. Sam says, there are things you don't know about your wife. Doctor, your wife poisoned Callie. Dr. Garrison says, why would you say something so horrible to me? Sam says, because I need your help. The doctor says, you stay away from me and my daughter. You understand? The doctor goes into Callie's room and shuts the door in Sam's face. Sam goes into the room anyways. The doctor says, I'm calling security. Sam says, no, listen, I don't have time to do this to you gently. If you don't listen to me, more people are going to get hurt because Callie is going to hurt them. The doctor's like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Sam says, you're going to think I'm crazy, but just understand me. Your doctor Callie is still, your daughter Callie (laughs) is still here. She's a spirit. The doctor sits down and says, so you've seen her too. Dun, dun, dun. What? <laughs> we cut to Dean kicking in the door of a house. He finds a young girl with scratch marks on her face. Dean asks, are you okay? She says, yeah, and then looks over his shoulder and screams. It's the wolf dude. He and Dean start fighting. We cut back to Callie's room. The doctor says, 
Um, I sensed her, her presence, her scent. I even saw her standing at the foot of my bed, but I never believed it. I thought I was dreaming. Sam says, it wasn't a dream. She looks like she did when she was eight. White dress, red ribbon in her hair. She's been trying to talk to you. The doctor says, you're not a cop, are you? Sam says, no. The doc- <laughs> that would be no. <laughs> The doctor says, then who are you? Sam says, someone who knows a little bit about this kind of thing. The doctor says, what you said about my wife poisoning Callie, that's not. Sam says, sir, Callie told us, not in so many words, but in her own way, she told us. The doctor says, my wife loved Callie, so how is that possible? Sam says, I don't know, but it is. The doctor says, no, I don't believe you. Sam says, look, Callie is killing people. She's angry. She's desperate because no one will listen to her. So you have to listen to her. Please listen to your daughter. So we cut back to Dean, still fighting with the wolfman. Um, spirit Callie. <laughs> I wrote that really weird. <laughs> I put spirit calling. Spirit Callie is watching with a little smirk on her face. Um, okay, she's a little malicious here. Yeah, like, she's all of a sudden gone from this, like, oh, you know, kind of cute but odd to, like, you're a creepy kid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, she hears her father's voice saying, Callie, it's daddy, so she flickers away. Back in Callie's room, Dr. Garrison says, it's me, daddy. Is it true? Did mommy do that to you? I know I wasn't listening before, but I'm listening now. Daddy's here. Please, honey, is there any way that you can tell me? Then Spirit Callie is suddenly in the room. The doctor says, is it true? Spirit Callie nods. The doctor says, I'm so sorry, baby, but listen to me. You got to stop what you're doing, okay? You're hurting people. I know everything now. I know the truth. It's time for you to let go. It's time for me to let you go. He kisses his daughter's body body on the forehead, and she flatlines. I was, like, crying my eyes out at this. (sighs) I thought it was very sad. I don't remember crying that much the first time I watched this episode, but this part just made me, like, (laughs) yeah. I thought, like, I thought it was interesting. The, you know, spirit Callie, little girl Callie listened quite well. It was just, like, okay, you know, like. All right, peace out. It was so easy. Yeah. Like, I felt like it almost was, I was waiting for something else to happen. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was very easy. Um, So we cut back to Dean. He's found a sharp pair of scissors, and he's about to stab the dude with him when the guy says, whoa, wait, stop. Where am I? We cut to Sam, Dean, and Dr. Garrison talking in the hospital hallway. The doctor says, and the girl's okay? Dean nods. The doctor says, so it's really over. Um, Sam says, yeah, all thanks to you. The doctor says, Callie was the most important thing in my life, but I should have let her go a long time ago. Dean says, see you around, Doc. The doctor says, I sure hope not. And he walks away. <laughs> I mean, you know, to be For fair. For real. Like, if I never <laughs> saw you guys again, that'd be a super sweet thing. Yeah. Like, if I saw you never, it would be too soon. Yeah. <laughs> so Dean says to Sam, you know what he said? Some good advice. Sam says, is that what you want me to do, Dean? Just let you go? We cut to their motel room. Dean is fast asleep, but Sam's bed is empty. He's up, and we see him grab his backpack, his backpack and head <laughs> out the door. We cut to Sam putting his picture in a crossroads summoning summoning tin. He buries it and looks around for a minute. Then the demon is there. She says, well, little Sammy Winchester, I'm touched. I mean, your brother's been to see me uh, twice, but you, I never had the pleasure. What Mm -hmm. can I do for you, Sam? Sam pulls the colt out, aims it at her, and says, you can beg for your life. She says, we were having such a nice conversation, then you had to go and ruin the mood. 
Sam says, if I were you, I'd drop the wisecracks and start acting scared. She says, it's not my style. That's not the original cult. Where did you get that? Sam says nothing. And the demon says, Ruby had to be. Mm-hmm. She is such a pain in my ass. Apparently She'll she's get- got a, <laughs> quite the reputation. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Right. <laughs> She'll get what's coming to her. You can count on it. Sam says, that's enough. I came here to make you an offer. She says, you're going to make me an offer? That's adorable. (laughs) Sam says, you can let Dean out of his deal right now. He lives, I live, you live. Everyone goes home happy. Or you stop breathing permanently. She laughs and says, all this tough talk, I got to tell you, it's not very convincing. I mean, come on, Sam. Do you even want to break the deal? Sam's like, what do you think? She says, I don't know. Aren't you tired of cleaning up Dean's messes? Of dealing with that broken psyche of his? Aren't you tired of being bossed around like a snot-nosed little brother? You're stronger than Dean. You're better than him. Sam says, watch your mouth. She says, admit it. You're here going through the motions. But truth is, you'll be a tiny bit relieved when he's gone. Sam says, shut up. She says, no more desperate, sloppy, needy Dean. You can finally be free. Sam says, I said, shut up. (laughs) She says, doth protest too much if you ask me. Sam says, all right, I've had enough of your crap. You let Dean out of his deal right now. She says, sorry, sweetheart, but your brother's an adult. He made that deal of his own free will, fair and square. It's ironclad. Sam says, every deal can be broken. She says, not this one. Sam says, fine, then I'll kill you. If you're gone, so is the deal. She laughs and says, guess again, Sam, I'm just a saleswoman. I got a boss like everybody. He holds the contract, not me. He wants Dean's soul bad, and believe me, he's not going to let it go. Sam says, you're bluffing. She says, am I? Shoot me if it will get you off, but the deal still holds, and when Dean's time is up, he's getting dragged into the pit. Sam says, who's your boss? Who holds the contract? She says, he's not as cuddly as me, I can tell you that. (laughs) Sam says, who is it? She says, I can't tell you. I'm sorry, Sam, but there's no way out of this one. Not this time. Then Sam shoots her right between the eyes. She dies. Sparks out. And credits. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I think, well, I think this is the first time that Ruby's name has been mentioned. We haven't figured out who she is yet but we know that ruby was the one well i mean okay so they say her name in other episodes previously yeah but i don't like i wrote it down because i I was actually i was just looking back through to figure out like okay like when was it that we figure out that ruby is blondie you know yeah i don't Um, remember when and the last one the last time i wrote anything about her was i said blondie instead of ruby Mm. so i don't know they've definitely i i know that i started saying her name when they started saying her name yeah i'm positive but i don't remember when that was i i don't think it was in the last episode maybe the episode before that yeah I can't remember. I don't know. I definitely, like, I wrote down Ruby as Blondie. Because I was calling her Katie Cassidy. Oh, yeah. Until they said her name. Yeah. I don't remember when that was. I don't either. I don't remember the last time we podcasted. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. But anyways, so my thoughts. If Callie is Snow White, does that mean Dean is the Huntsman? Oh, yes, it does mean that. <laughs> yes, it does. I was kind of thinking, I'm like, Snow White and the Huntsman. I was like, oh. 
That works out perfectly. How it funny. It does. I was like, okay. I don't know if that, is that grim fairy tales? I have no idea, to be honest with you. Because I know, I know there was a movie, but mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was like based off of grim fairy tales or if it was just some other like variety that somebody made up you know (laughs) yeah i don't remember i I saw the movie and (laughs) yeah it's okay yeah but i don't remember yeah i don't know what's grim and what's anything else yeah i don't know all i know is that grim is generally that like the twisted fairy tales yeah that's about as far as i I haven't read them i haven't read them i own i own a book of it but i own a book i think i read I think I read Cinderella. I, I read Cinderella. I did read Cinderella. Because that yeah. was like towards the beginning of the book, yeah. I think. And all I remember is the stepsisters cutting off their own toes. That's to try what and I remember make too. For their foot forced into the shoe, right? Yeah. And like that's the only thing. <laughs> I think. Did I read? No. I think I started the one that was after that, maybe. I want to say Cinderella was the first one in there, and then there was another one after that, and I started it, and then I just, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I was a lot younger. Yeah. What was the movie that the Grimm's Brother movie that they did? Was it just, like, the Grimm's Brothers? Like, Matt Damon and Heath Ledger, I think. I don't know. Were the two brothers. I know there was um, the... TV show that Grimm. Oh yeah, that's a good that show. That was kind of like Supernatural in a way. It was, yeah, it's a good show. I didn't yeah. watch all of it. I saw like a, maybe two or three episodes randomly. You know? Oh yeah, I think I so. got into the second season and I, I don't remember why I stopped, but yeah. I, I liked it. It's a good show. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember honestly anything about it other than they were friends with this. I guess it was a Grim, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah, their the main dude is a Grim. Yeah. So other than that, that's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember the whole like lore of it all. Yeah, but uh, it's a good show. Yeah. Um. So also, <laughs> out of the three little pigs, was the guy that like lived? Was that the one that wanted to build the brick house? Yeah. I find that hilarious. Yeah. They did that on purpose. No, I know they did it on purpose, yeah. but I just, like, didn't remember. I was like, is that the brick house guy or is that a... I know. I didn't <laughs> even... They look so similar on purpose, obviously, that yeah. I was like, one dude says blah, blah. And another, another dude, dude. says... <laughs> and then one of the dudes says again... The brick dude and, and then, then the one dude. the and third then the- dude. I don't know if it's the third dude or the first dude, but I'm going to call him the third dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to go with it. Yeah. The one in this color hat, you know? Yeah. If only they were wearing colored hats, that would have been easier. I know. Well, I think one... Did one of them have a hat? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were all wearing flannel because, I mean, it's supernatural who doesn't wear right. a flannel at some point. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I honestly don't... I don't remember... I don't remember what they're wearing. Like at all. <laughs> um, so what was your favorite moment? My favorite moment was the big reveal of Sam's um, sketch. That was mine too. <laughs> oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think we've had the same favorite moment before. I don't think so. I mean, there's been a couple times where we both like like the moment but yeah no that was definitely my favorite yeah when he's just like he's looking like he's super intense and trying to draw it and you think he's gonna come up with at least like 
a portrait-ish that's like Picasso-esque. Right, you know? right. And then he turns around and just this like stick person. It's so <laughs> like, bad. Um, I'm pretty sure that this isn't what we were going for. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's I, fine. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. And the guy's looking at it like, oh, this is... Okay. okay you know? yeah. And it looked like he was trying super hard to. Like he was really going, okay, I'm going to draw this and it's going to turn out well. And I have to like try and, you know, fake it until I make it. And then he's just like, this is what I what got. What do you think about it though? When the guy was trying to describe what he looked like, he didn't give him any descriptive factors other than he had this color hair and yeah. this color eyes. He didn't talk yeah. about what his facial features actually looked like. No, like he at had all. this, he had like a pointy nose or more of a round nose yeah. or, you know, a oval face or a heart shaped face or more of like a, you know, like there was no. Right. So what did he expect to see? Yeah. Yeah. Probably hair you know like, yeah, right. i don't know did he put hair on the stick figure i think he did i think so like a little like tuft up top yeah yeah i, I think remember. he did yeah i i honestly don't remember but it, it was pretty good <laughs> so our interesting facts for this episode um in the beginning when the three brothers get attacked they all get attacked while hiding near the same material they did in the story i didn't notice that you know what? I read the interesting facts and then watched it, and I didn't notice that either. I mean, it all just looked I, like pallets of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe they filmed it that way, but it just didn't really show. I think it was just so dark because it was nighttime, it right? Was dark, it was dark, yeah. Like, okay, I think that's what they were going for, but it didn't come across. Yeah. You know? And not that it really matters, but it's, it's kind cool, of though. a fun. Yeah. You know? Anyways, um, when talking to the surviving brother at the beginning, Dean introduces himself and Sam has detect. Wait, Dean introduces himself and Sam as Detective Plant and Detective Page. If you look closely at Dean's ID, it says Detective Robert Plant. Robert Plant is the lead singer, and Jimmy Page is the lead guitarist for the band Led Zeppelin. I did not know that. I didn't either. I totally know who those guys are separately. I did not know they were in Led Zeppelin. Oh, no, I have no idea who those people are. (laughs) I mean, I think I've... I want to say I've heard of Jimmy Page. Like, the name looks familiar. Mm -hmm. Robert Plant, though, doesn't. I don't know. I... No. I honestly don't know if I could even tell you what any of Led Zeppelin's songs are. Same here. <laughs> like, I've seen a tribute band for them yeah. at Bumbershoot probably, oh, I don't even know how many years ago now, but it was like the drummer's son was the drummer mm-hmm. in the band, and then he had like his friends that were all in it, and they like That's super played cool. their songs or something like that. Yeah, That's so really cool. That was, it, I, I remember it being good, but I didn't, I don't remember like recognizing recognizing anything yeah yeah Yeah. but which i mean you know if you hear a tribute band compared to the original it's always kind of like "Mm." so i'm kind of glad that i didn't know the original band or else it probably would have been like oh you never know there's there's a lot of yeah yeah it's always like whatever whoever the singer's voice is if it's not that exact voice i'm disappointed yeah you know (laughs) i think the only tribute band i've seen is um i saw a beatles tribute band once and they were pretty spot on oh yeah they even they even looked like them they they made themselves look like and 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 move like them and stuff Mm -hmm. so i thought that was pretty cool i only know that they move like them because my dad was super into the beatles and yeah (laughs) could tell me that oh he's moving like he's playing this guitar exactly how 
this person did oh, and the yeah. Beatles, you know. So I thought that was neat. Yeah. Because there's only the one Beatle that's left now, mm-hmm. right? I think so. Oh, I actually don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, I know he is alive, but I don't know if the other... Was there... Oh. Is Ringo alive? I don't know. I feel like... I feel like he might be. Maybe. Yeah. Just haven't heard of him in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, um, so Munchausen's syndrome by proxy... I'm, I think I said that right, mm-hmm. is a psychiatric disorder wherein a person feigns, exaggerates, or induces illness in another, usually apparent to a child, to gain attention or for some other benefit. Okay. So, like, oh, yeah, yeah my kid's about. sick, so pay attention to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's our research, right? That's mm-hmm. what we did research on, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Crossroads demon at the end of the episode mentions that Ruby is such a pain in my ass. Ironically, that demon is played by Sandra McCoy, who is Jared Padalecki's girlfriend, soon to be fiance at the time. Wait, what? At the time, they were dating and almost and about to get engaged. The actress who played that demon, the Crossroads demon. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The more I you knew, know. I knew that he had dated one of the Crossroads demon girls, but I honestly thought it was a girl that he, that... That Dean originally, like, saw. Not this girl. Yeah. Huh, that's funny. Yeah. Like, I would have never guessed. Mm -hmm. Ever. I didn't even... Yeah. Hmm. Um, So it says, the irony is, after ending his relationship with McCoy, Padalecki married the actress who played um, another character in a later season. Okay. So... Yep. Which I know what we're talking about. I know what we're talking about, no too, but I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> that should have been in, like, I had to be really careful. About, I was like, I can't read that sentence. You did a good job. <laughs> but, no, like, that should have been in the spoiler section, not yeah. in the regular one. Anyways. Um, when they first spot the pumpkin on the stairs before going into the house, Dean says, yeah, it's close to Halloween. This episode actually aired the day after Halloween. Hmm. Which, I mean... I didn't see, I think I saw, what was it, I started watching season, the end of season 10 maybe, mm-hmm. live, so <laughs> yeah, none of this, you know, right. <laughs> and this is real time for me at all. Um, Michael Coleman plays a fairy tale character, one of the three little pigs in the beginning of the episode, and once upon a time he plays Happy, one of the seven dwarves, another fairy tale character. I knew I knew one of those guys. Oh, you recognized him? Yeah, I watched Once Upon a Time like pretty religiously. I think mm-hmm. like the last two seasons I haven't seen, mostly because what was it? Oh, is like when I moved or something oh, like right. that. You didn't I think have that TV I didn't channels. have TV, so yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, you know. And I think I tried to catch up for a while, and then I don't know, like. For some reason, the last, whatever season that it was that I got stuck on, I don't know if it was two or three before the end. Mm-hmm. I just, like, there was a weird stall for me in there, and I was just kind of like, uh, That happened to me, know? too. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I want to finish it. I really do, because, I like, it was really good. I really liked it, mm-hmm. and I got super into it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I just have to, like, force myself to get through whatever that little... Yeah. Like, issues. I, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I think that happens to me with a lot of shows. Like, especially when I know that they're about to end, um, I yeah. kind of, like, stop and yeah. don't finish it. Just I'm not going to do that with Supernatural. Yeah, I'm yeah. always like, I'll, I'll go back to it when I'm ready to deal with that. And there's just a lot of seasons, a lot of series that I haven't Yeah. We haven't of. podcasted since they announced the end of the show. Yeah, we have. Have we? I think the last time we did. I'm thought- almost positive. Huh. 
I thought it was just like the last week or so that they. It's been at least two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we probably did. I think we did, but I, I, I literally cried for like a couple hours <laughs> afterwards. Oh, remember you? You tagged me in the post oh, about yeah, it, yeah. and you that's how I found that. out. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh no. I, I kind of was like, I was debating. I was like, hmm, like, do I tag her in it? She probably already knows. Like, I didn't know. I don't want to rub it in if she doesn't. Yeah. Like, if she already knows, like, it'd be like, hey, look at it again, you know. But also at the same time, I'm like, but would it? Like, I don't know. I was kind of like, I just, I got it. You know? Yeah, I'm glad you did. Just in case. I'd rather know? hear it from you <laughs> that's than some I'm stranger. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm sort of like, I don't know. <laughs> but I watched the video. You can tell that the, all of them had been crying. I know. It was so sad. That was like, really sad. And, like, I think just from, you know, what little I know of them, because I really don't know them. Right. Um, Jared seems to be the most... Um, I don't even know, like, the most sensitive, I guess, mm-hmm. of the three. Like, not that the other ones aren't sensitive, but he's, like, he shows his emotions, I guess, more. Yeah. And then Misha, and mm-hmm. then Jensen's just more reserved. And there's, I mean, not, like, in a aloof way, but just definitely mm-hmm. he's kind of, he tries to kind of yeah keep to himself i think right. he's just quieter he seems like he's just a quieter person mm-hmm. goofy but you know yeah totally um and so you know of course you look at jared and you're like oh he's losing it yeah he looked like he was just about to burst into tears at any moment i it know was sad. it was so sad and then you look at misha and he's like he's red-eyed he's all red-eyed and puffy a little bit you mm-hmm. know and you're like Oh, he looks like a kicked puppy, really. I know. I can't handle it. Oh no! And then you, (laughs) and then you look at Jensen, and you're like, okay, if he looks like he's been crying, you know, it's Mm -hmm. for realsies, you know. And he was like, kind of red and watery, and it was just like, oh no, you know. Like the rest of them, kind of like crying or whatever. Like that was one thing, but you see Jensen go, and you're like, oh, I know. (laughs) Oh no. So the the Vegas convention was um, the first convention um, after they announced that it was over. Was it like totally a sob fest or were they? No, actually. I saw part of the interview where they kind of like, it it looked to me like they were kind of like skirting around it. Like people would kind of bring it up and then they'd be like, well, we're not going to talk about this. And they'd like kind of bring it up. I didn't get that sense at all. They, They said they... Or, like, we're not going to talk about it yet or right now. Like, they no, didn't want to... No, 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 like, no. It didn't seem like that at all, really. Okay. But it did... It, I think, in so many words, they did say that they're not going to stop doing conventions. Okay. So, even though the show is going to stop, the conventions are still going to go. They better. Yeah. I don't know if that means that they'll do less. Yeah. Maybe they'll do more, because they're not doing anything else, you know? Well, unless they get, like, other yeah, who jobs, knows? you know? Who knows? They might... I mean, honestly, like, it would... I wouldn't be surprised if at least Jensen kind of, like, just ran... Because they have the family business beer company, Mm -hmm. like the brewery. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of, like, hung out with his family and, you know, ran the brewery and all that sort of stuff. Because, like... Okay, you put Jensen Ackles in the at the face of a business and people are going to come. You know, from all over. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I could see that. I don't know about, like... 
you know, Misha or Jared or anybody else, yeah. you know, but. Um, somebody asked um, Jared and Jensen if they're going to change the way they look, you know, after oh, the really? show's over. Like, like is Sam going to cut his hair? Is Dean oh. going to grow a beard? Like, are yeah. they going to change their appearance? I and, mean, they grow beards during hiatus. Yeah. So it's not- and they basically, they made some jokes and then they ended up just saying, you know what, we're going to look like however our wives want us to look like. <laughs> And I was like, that is a good answer. I know, right? Like, if they want the long hair, they keep the yeah, long hair. If they, they want like, short hair, I, it would be so weird for me to see Jared with short hair. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could handle it. You know that how they do those, like, hair swaps on oh, some yeah. of the boys sometimes where it's like, it just looks like Jared with short hair, and I'm like, it's all wrong! Yeah. It's all wrong! Yeah, who knows? They, I mean, I I'm sure they will that. change their look a little bit. You oh, know? I'm sure. But, I mean, here's the thing. At least with Jared, everything I've ever seen him in, even, like, in Gilmore Girls and everything, he's still got the long hair. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if oh, he just, it was just, pretty like, short. It was pretty short. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, but, like, compared to Dean. Right. Yeah. Long, you know. Mm-hmm. Sam's hair has always been the, you know, L'Oreal, and mm-hmm. <laughs> Dean's got the spiky kind of look almost. I love Dean's hair. I love Dean's hair too. I like both their hair. I like Misha's hair. I like all of their hair. <laughs> <laughs> all of the hairs. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. They've got good hair. They do have good hair. They're a group of good looking gentlemen. Let's just... Bravo. Bravo <laughs> for your good looks, gentlemen. I know, right? <laughs> Anyways, okay, back to our interesting <laughs> facts. <laughs> if we go down this bunny trail, we might not come back. I know. <laughs> uh, or at least too far down the bunny trail. Um, so this episode centers around fairy tales coming to life, specifically grim fairy tales. However, the version of Cinderella refer- referenced in the story, the pumpkin mice and Cinderella imprisoned, comes from the French version by Perrault. Yeah. That sounds right. That right. Um, Grimm's version contained none of those elements. Huh. So they went off a of grim, except for that one. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so in this episode, Dean mentions Misha Barton um, and says that he's referring to her role in Sixth Sense and not the OC. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, which I don't Is that know any the of whole interesting? That's a weird one. That's the whole interesting Okay, fact. that's weird. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah, that's fine. Move on. Oh my gosh, there's an interesting fact I definitely can't read, but like, have you read all the interesting facts? Yeah, I don't remember what it is though. Like, I didn't even realize, I didn't realize, my little mind is just like blowing right now and I can't say anything and it's killing me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. Okay, we gotta stop talking about it. Okay. Yeah. (gasps) Okay, it's fine. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) So our research from this week is about... Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Um, it's a mental disorder where a parent or other caregiver exaggerates, fabricates, or um, induces illness in a person under their care to obtain sympathy or attention. Um, the the case, I guess, that we yeah. found was for Gypsy Rose Blanchard, which they are doing a Hulu series right a Hulu now. Hulu series on it, right? Now. Yeah, and it's it's had a lot of um, press. It's been pretty sensationalized. Yeah, I think I heard. I've heard of the name, even if I don't, like, I didn't know what it was about. Like, I yeah. knew Juicy Rose Blanchard for 
some reason mm-hmm. you know yeah um, there's a lot to dive into with this case we could easily talk about it for an hour but we just kind of did the bare bones facts on it yeah so as not to take up an hour of it. <laughs> but it is a truly fascinating case yeah it is bonkers yeah i kind of want to watch um i kind of want to watch it on hulu i have spotify and i keep getting this notification that it's like now you get hulu free with spotify or something oh, like that it. and i'm like what but i can't figure out how to work it because i don't know like what Spotify login information is like and I look up my username and it's a bunch of like letters and numbers and so I'm kind of like this can't be right you know but I don't so I don't know how to like I don't know either log into it anywhere else other than on my Mm -hmm. phone so I'm kind of like and if I logged out I'd be screwed you know right yeah (laughs) like that's weird but anyways so I want to figure that out and figure out how to watch this Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but Anyways, um, it says, Gypsy Rose Blanchard grew up with Mother Dee Dee Blanchard, making claims about her health that resulted in a series of dire diagnosis and medical interventions. Um, However, Gypsy wasn't actually unwell. Her mother had been lying about her symptoms. Experts believe Dee Dee's behavior stemmed from from the mental disorder Munchausen syndrome by proxy because Dee Dee was wanted to be... Because Dee Dee wanted to be a caretaker, she feigned an induced illness in her daughter. The truth about Gypsy and her mother only came out after Gypsy arranged for an online boyfriend to murder Dee Dee in 2015. Um, Gypsy Rose, who was born in 1991, was a baby when Dee Dee claimed her daughter had sleep apnea. Uh, When Gypsy was eight years old, Dee Dee described her as suffering from leukemia and muscular dystrophy and said she required a wheelchair and feeding tube. The list of medical problems that Dee Dee related about her daughter would go on to include seizures, asthma, and hearing and visual impairments. Due to Dee Dee's actions, Gypsy was prescribed a litany of medications and had to sleep using a breathing machine. She also went through multiple surgeries, including procedures on her eyes and removal of her salivary glands. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Gypsy's teeth rotted, perhaps due to her medications, missing salivary glands, or neglect, they were pulled out. Yet the truth was that Gypsy could walk, didn't need a feeding tube, and did not have cancer. Her head was bald only because her mother shaved off her hair. Um, oh, I'd be, oh, that's mm-hmm. like, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Like, the other things, like, for me, if you shaved off my hair, oh, no, it's, it's on. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Um, experts believe Dee Dee had a mental illness known as Munchausen syndrome by proxy, also called factitious disorder imposed on another, <laughs> um, which made her fabricate her daughter's ill health in order to receive attention and sympathy for taking care of a sick child. Medical tests often showed inconclusive or contradictory results regarding Gypsy's diagnoses, um, but Dee Dee would stop seeing any doctors who questioned her daughter's ailments, and any caregivers went along with what Dee Dee wanted. Like, it sounds like she was just, like, that parent. Mm-hmm. You know, just the obnoxious, pushy, like, I know what they need better than what you do. Right. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. We're only medical experts. Right, right. But whatever. <laughs> um... She'd had some nurses training so she could accurately describe symptoms, and she sometimes gave gypsy medication to mimic certain conditions. Like, that's... That's crazy. Oh, Ooh, boy. Dee Dee was also charming and seemed devoted to her daughter. When Gypsy was old enough to talk, Dee Dee instructed her not to volunteer information during their appointments. She was always the one related, relating Gypsy's fake medical history. Dee Dee told Gypsy's father, Rod Blanchard, that their daughter had a chromosomal disorder that had led to her many health issues he complimented Dee Dee on or for her devoted care 
When some of Dee Dee's family noticed that Gypsy didn't seem to need a wheelchair and asked questions, Dee Dee and Gypsy moved away. Like, gosh. Jeez. Come on. Dee Dee claimed to be a victim of Hurricane Katrina, so she and Gypsy received assistance to relocate from Louisiana to Missouri in 2005. Wouldn't you... I would think that they would, like, check into that, though. Like... I have no idea. Is your home destroyed? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Like... I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe it was. Maybe. Um... There, Dee Dee continued to bring Gypsy to doctor's appointments. Hurricane Katrina also provided an excuse for missing medical files. In 2008, Gypsy and Dee Dee moved into a new home in Springfield, Missouri. Built by Habitat for Humanity, it was painted pink and had a wheelchair ramp. Gypsy and Dee Dee also received benefits that include charity-sponsored visits to concerts in Disney World. All along, Dee Dee continued to bask in the attention she received for being a devoted caretaker. When Gypsy was 14, she saw a neurologist in Missouri who came to believe she was a victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. However, this doctor never reported her case to the authorities. Oh, oh man. <laughs> like, isn't that kind of your job? That is totally your job. <laughs> in later interviews, he stated his belief that there wasn't enough evidence to act. Okay. Sure. <laughs> in 2009, I mean, I feel like that would be simple enough, like keep her away from her mom for Mm -hmm. even just a few days and see if she gets better. Like, I mean, it depends, because especially if she's, like, using medication to cause the symptoms, once those medications are out of her system, Mm -hmm. she'd be fine. Right, right, right. Anyways. (laughs) In 2009, an anonymous report was made to authorities stating that Dee Dee's accounts of Gypsy's ailments had no medical basis. This resulted in two caseworkers visiting to their home, um, but Dee Dee convinced them that there was nothing wrong. As Gypsy grew older, Dee Dee began to lie about her age, going so far as to alter the dates on Gypsy's birth certificate to make her daughter seem younger. But Gypsy was still becoming harder for Dee Dee to control. In 2011, Gypsy tried to get away from her mother by running away with a man she'd met at a science fiction convention. So, she went somewhere without her mother, it sounds like. She could have met somebody with her mother there. That's true. Just snuck off. Somehow. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but Dee Dee soon tracked them down via mutual friends. She convinced the man that Gypsy was a minor, although she was actually 19 at the time. According to Gypsy, Dee Dee smashed her computer and physically restrained her to her bed after they returned home. Gypsy has also stated her mother would sometimes hit her and deny her food. Gypsy eventually managed to get back online. She joined a Christian dating site where she met Nicholas... Godjohn? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she told him the truth about her mother's actions and ended up asking him to kill Dee Dee so they could be together. In June 2015, he came to her house and stabbed Dee Dee while Gypsy waited, ears covered, in the bathroom. Gypsy and Godjohn returned to his home in Wisconsin where they were found by police. Gypsy had twice posted to the Facebook account she shared with her mother, once writing, That bitch is dead. She later explained she made the post because she wanted her mother's body to be discovered. Oof. Wow. Um, after Dee Dee's murder, many people who'd known Gypsy wondered why uh, she had gone so far as to kill her. Since she could walk, she could have simply exposed Dee Dee's lies by standing up in public. Yet Gypsy had been conditioned to think no one would believe her. She explained, I couldn't just jump out of the wheelchair because I was afraid and I didn't know what my mother would do. I didn't have anyone to trust. The fact was that Gypsy had spent her entire life being controlled and monitored by her mother. She wasn't allowed to go to school. Though Gypsy was of normal intelligence, Dee Dee told everyone her daughter... Whoops. I'm like... 
highlighting things again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dee Dee told everyone her daughter told everyone that her daughter had a mental age of seven. Jeez. Um, like, geez. okay. When they were out in public, and probably because she could get away with it because she was drugged, you know? Right, that's true. Um, when they were out in public, Dee Dee constantly held Gypsy's hand, squeezing it when she wanted her daughter to be quiet. Dr. Mark Feldman, an expert in Munchausen syndrome by, pox, by proxy, said of Gypsy's life and actions, the control was total in the same sense that the control of a kidnapped vic- victim sometimes is total. Her daughter was, in, est- in essence, a hostage, and I think we can understand the crime that occurred subsequently in terms of a hostage trying to gain, gain escape. As Gypsy's medical records documented the abuse she'd been subjected to, her lawyer was able to arrange a plea deal for the charges she faced in Dee Dee's death in 2016. Gypsy pled guilty to second-degree murder. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison, though she'll be eligible for parole beginning in 2024. Gojon was found guilty of first-degree murder in 2018 and was sentenced to life in prison. Gypsy has stated it was only after Dee Dee's death that she realized the extent of her mother's deception. While Gypsy had known she could walk and eat regular food, she had believed she had leukemia. Today, Gypsy is healthy. She's also said she enjoys more freedom in prison than the life she shared with Dee Dee. That's sad. Yeah, it is. Um... However, when asked by Dr. Phil if she was glad her mother was dead, she stated, I'm glad I'm out of that situation, but I'm not happy she's dead. I read somewhere that she actually has gained weight being in prison. Most people lose weight. Well, because she was, you know, not eating solid food. It sounded like she had a feeding tube and was so medicated that she probably, I mean, she didn't feed herself. Right, right. And usually when you're on a liquid diet it's not i mean you're not getting all the same things that you would get if you just ate normal food so yeah. you're gonna lose weight or i mean stay skinny i guess in her case yeah yeah but it's such a fucked up such a fucked up thing all of it's just like terrible. and there's there's like way more to it but oh yeah there's yeah. yeah and we got uh where did we get that off of again um let's see did you close it i didn't because I was see. a bad person for that one. Um, I think we got it <laughs> off biography.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's just, ugh. All of it is just, it seems so ridiculous and outlandish because, like, how could you even get away with that? But, mm-hmm. like, I guess if this has been happening to you your entire life and you don't know any different, mm-hmm. like, obviously you know that there are certain things that aren't wrong with you that you know right but like to believe you have leukemia because somebody tells you you have it like there's no visible you know i mean mm-hmm. i guess there's not like really any visible signs of leukemia mm-hmm. until you like go through treatment and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. so like how would she not like how would she know you know yeah and she's probably feeling crummy all the time because she's pumped full of medications that she doesn't need right so right yeah Poor thing like oof do you think she should have gone to jail for that? Um, I don't know. Like, that's a tough one. I, you know, I feel like it's kind of one of. The, I mean, like what the one doctor was saying, how it was, you know, like it's basically a kidnap situation, and you know, if that's what you do to get out, that's what you do to get out. You right, know? right. But I think it would have been one thing if it was like she you know, like, snapped and then went after her mother or mm-hmm. whatever and, like, that sort of thing. But she, like, p- 
premeditated it and was right, like, right. hey, I'm going to, like, come over, do this for me. Well, well you know, like, yeah. yeah, you know, like, I feel like for me, it would have been different if it would have just been, like, a spur of the moment thing and not premeditated and, like, yeah. let's plan out how this is going to go down sort mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, I get it that, like, that's what she felt like she had to do to get away because she couldn't think of any other way at the time. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you've been so psychologically trained to, you know, yeah. act one way, it's really hard to do the opposite mm-hmm. patterns and, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All the fun. I can't imagine that. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, she, I wonder if she knew how old she was. You know what I mean? I'm sure, well, I would think that she would because, you know, it, her mother wasn't lying about how old she was her entire life. It was right. just when she got to the age where she was, like, I guess, it sounded like it was, like, once she was no longer a minor and then she's like, oh, wait, no, her birthday was here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would think that she would probably actually know. Right. Because, you know, your whole life you're like, oh, you're seven, now you're eight, now you're nine, and then all of a sudden, well, no, we're going to say you're this. Like, um... You know? Yeah, I think she must have known too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? All right. Well, I don't <laughs> think this is truly an aspect moment. It was a weird moment that happened to me. <laughs> um, um, I was I was getting um, I was out at a at a wine and coffee shop with a with a good friend of mine. Um, I'm not going to say her name, but one of my <laughs> best friends, and. Um, you know, we caught up and we're having a good time. And she said that, um, um, <laughs> she said that she had been recommended to go on a, a solo vacation, a vacation by herself. Um, you know, just to clear her mind and, you know, turn off your, turn off your phone. Don't text anybody. Don't mm-hmm. be on social media, blah, blah, blah. Just be with yourself, read a mm-hmm. book, go on walks, you know, eat. Yeah. Just, just be by yourself for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, Disconnect. Yeah, yeah. All right. She's telling me about it. She's telling me about it. It sounds great. And then she's like, so do you want to go with me? Like, that defeats <laughs> the whole purpose. And then she says, oh, being no. with you is just like being alone. What? And, and I was like, uh... How do you even take that? That's I know. Like, but then she said... You just take up space. Then she says that that's what her parents say about each other. So she meant it in a very nice way. Her parents have this great loving marriage. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that they say that about each other. That, like, being with each other is like being alone. And so it was a compliment. She meant it in a good way. But it was just such a weird thing to say. <laughs> I would take... I mean, for me... Not given any context, I would take that as you're just there to take up space. You know? <laughs> like, I know it kind of you know? it kind of screwed with my with my mind a little bit. What I didn't, I, I it made me feel very unconfident in my personality. <laughs> you, <laughs> you shouldn't. Know? You should be confident in your personality. I know. I, well, I usually am, but then I was just like, what? Is <laughs> and all she, of my life different? She, yeah, she didn't mean anything mean by it. She meant it as a compliment yeah. in a way that her parents feel about each other. Did she, like, explain that afterwards? Or Yes. Okay, I was like, did, yeah. <laughs> is this just something that you already knew? So when she said it, it was, you know. No, like, no, no, I didn't okay. know that. She, yeah, she explained <laughs> it. And I was just like, okay. Okay. I so. would still probably be like. But what? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was just like, okay, you meant it in a nice way. I'll I'll think about this later. Be confused. 
<laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't really an Ijit or Aspen moment, but it was just a strange thing that happened to me. Yeah. I wasn't sure how to really process it. Like, yeah. do I have a personality? I don't know. <laughs> you have a personality. I'm not sure. You have a good personality. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was your Ijit or Aspen moment? So my idget moment, well, it wasn't really my idget moment. It was Mm -hmm. somebody else's idget moment. Okay. This happened a long time ago, but I feel like in all of the idget and aspect moments, this one has to be brought up, even though it happened like probably 10 years ago. That's totally fine. Like, okay. So there is this girl that I swam with. And played water polo with. I was a senior and she was a freshman. Mm -hmm. And like, she is super smart. Super book smart. Like, has amazing, or had at least, amazing grades. Like, very intelligent as far as like, you know, could definitely help you with any homework. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) sometimes the common sense was just not there. So (laughs) we were at this... It was a district meet for swimming. And we go to this high school. We're out in like Puyallup, right? So we're a good 20, 25 minutes away at least from mm-hmm. home. And so after the meet was over for the day, we, on the bus back, we stopped at a pita pit. Mm-hmm. And none of us really knew where we were at. We knew that we were at a pita pit, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, so this girl's mom calls her and is like, okay, you know, where are you guys at? When are you going to be home or whatever? <coughs> and she's like, well, I, I don't I don't know, you know? And she's like, okay, well, like, where are you at eating? And she's like, well, we're at Pita Pit. You know? And she's like, okay, do you know what city you're in? She's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you know what's around you? She's like, no. She's like, you can't tell me, like, what what's going on or like what are some stores next to you what are some other things you know and she's like listing the things that are like right next to us right but she didn't I mean other than that there was no like big landmarks you know it was just like all in this little strip mall oh, yeah. or whatever and eventually so her mom's like really that's it like you know it sounded kind of like she was frustrated like give me something you know yeah and then oh my gosh So she looks up into the sky because it was dark outside, right? It was Mm -hmm. after the meet. It was, you know, the moon was out, everything. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, I don't know where I'm at, but I can see the moon. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's freaking out. (laughs) Listen, a lot of the world can see the moon right now. What are you doing? I wonder what her mom even said to that. I'm pretty sure it was just... Well, so when we got back to the school, we were all just, like, totally making fun of her, right? Like, hey, can you see the moon still? And mm-hmm. she's like, shut up. And her mom was just sitting there like, yep, mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know? Like, oh, God. Oh, boy. Like, she seemed a little exasperated, like this had happened before, maybe. You know? Maybe. Maybe that's, like, like, her main thing. Like, I, I can see the moon. I, I can't know. see the moon, Mom! <laughs> I don't know where I am. <laughs> I know. What's going on? And so then for a while, every time we saw her, we wanted to make fun of her. It was like a, hey, have you seen the moon lately? Oh, poor girl. She's like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And even like after, so (laughs) I kind of felt like, 
I was a bit of an ass butt, so we'll call. So she, she had her idiot moment, but I was also an ass butt later on because I. This was probably, I think, it was a year after she had graduated, so it had been a while. It'd been like three or four years. Yeah. And I saw her at the pool again, and I'm like, "Hey, have you seen the moon lately?" She's like, "Oh my god, will people never forget that?" <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure she's like, just done. I know, right? But, like, listen, it, I mean, when you say something like that, you have to be prepared for it to stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know? I don't know. So that was both an idiot moment for her and an ass butt moment for me later on. That's amazing. It was It was great. And then there was a whole thing about, like, you know, before the pool got renovated it was pretty dark in one of the ends by the deep end Mm -hmm. and like we got out it was during a meet i think or something and i'm like your eyes look really dilated what (laughs) your eyes look dilated like did you i'm kind of sitting there going like did she not hear me right like did i not say it loud enough i don't know you know she's just like what oh like she didn't know what the word meant yeah i'm like do you know what dilated means Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like no. <laughs> How can you be that smart and not know what dilated yeah. means? Like, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty... Like, have you ever been to the doctor? They put the drops in your eyes that make your eyes big? She's mm-hmm. like, no. <laughs> okay, she would have had to. There's no way. I don't think that happened to me until... Um, do not- they just do it if your eyesight isn't good? No, I mean, I've had really bad vision my whole life. Um, and they didn't dilate my eyes until... Um, Okay, so when I get my eye exams done, I go to like Pearl Vision to do it, and mm-hmm. they don't do that there. I've never been to any place other than But the- I've gone to, there's two types of eye doctors, and I don't remember which one is which, but I've gone to a kind at a hospital, and they do that there. Yeah. But not at like Pearl Vision type clinics for your eye exam. See, the only, I've only been to like a private practice sort of thing. Yeah. And they, I mean, every time, I don't think I've that I remember I've ever been to the eye doctor and they haven't dilated my eyes. They've only, it's only happened to me like two times. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I always look super cracked out because like apparently blue eyes have like the effects last longer. It like oh. sticks around for longer. So mm-hmm. if you've got brown eyes, like your eyes recover from it a lot faster for some reason. I don't know if it's Weird. like okay. genetic something or other mm-hmm. or what it is. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But like... Usually it's supposed to last for like a couple hours. It lasts all day. And so I'm just walking around looking spooked all the time. Yeah. What? Yeah. But that sucks. I didn't, I did not like having my eyes dilated. Yeah. Gross. It's like, oh, it hurts so bad. Like going outside in the light, you're just like, you know, Mm -hmm. "Ah." but yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.